0: To Books and Beyond with your hosts, Karen and Louisa. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations, and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl.
1: She works in a library, yeah. Standing there behind the counter, willing to help. Kia
0: ora, listeners. All we have an exciting show today. I might say a thriller of a show. I've got Allison back with us today to co present with me. Kia Allison. Kia ora, Karen. It's lovely to be back. Today, we're talking crime fiction. Alison is going to be our resident expert. In fact, when we decided to do this show, she had some ideas, didn't you, Alison, about
1: why crime fiction is our most popular genre? Yes, I did. Um, Because a a good crime novel uh, should evoke a sense of place and time. It should have good character development and conclude with... uh, the sense that justice has been served and i think those make um the genre very satisfying read took the words out of my mouth because that sounds so satisfying
0: would would it be that the real world was so was the same um so let's start by asking you for your id to use another crime metaphor so
1: who are your favorite crime novelists well, I would probably start with Val McDermott, the Scottish writer. Um, Val studied at Oxford. Um, some of her novels are set there. Um, she's part of the tartan noir sub-genre. I really like her character, uh, Lindsay Gordon, who's a journalist and uh, private investigator yeah so val mcdermott
0: um was i remember this last year she was on the booker prize judging panel that's right which was a big surprise and in fact it was the first year that a crime novel made it onto the long list which was snap by belinda bauer which i've not read Have you not that one i've read some of her earlier oh uh, so a so, recommendation yes, yeah very yes. good
1: so yeah tartan noir okay so moving on then another one and another one I've always enjoyed is Jonathan Kellerman. he's a U.S. novelist and he's a psychologist by trade um, I've always loved his Alex Delaware series Alex Delaware is a psychologist as well and a consultant to the LAPD what I love about the Kellerman writing is that he gives a really good exploration of the um, secular Jewish experience in America so i've learned a lot right so in terms of
0: like jewish culture instead of jewish religion yes um, religious practice more about the culture more about the yeah. culture yeah. yeah because um he has a partner
1: who's his partner alex delaware oh yes um milo sturgis yeah. who's a- love that name is that yeah. nice and milo is um is very he- overweight um with Bad eating habits, etc. He's gay and he's a devout Roman Catholic. So they have a great rapport, Great yeah. rapport, and yeah. they solve a lot of crime. Yeah. So
0: will it be a little bit of a um, back and forth kind of a rapport with coming yeah. from such different backgrounds? They're
1: like the odd couple, yeah. All oh, right.
0: Wait. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if Jonathan and Faye, because I understand Jonathan's wife, Faye Kellerman, is a crime novelist too. I wonder yeah. if They're yes. also an odd couple. They, they might know.
1: be, and his son, oh say? really? Yes. Oh, is so right in the family. <laughs> and then oh and also I've have enjoyed the Gillian Flynn novels. Those um three that uh, well-known ones Gone Girl, of course Sharp Objects and Dark Places. They're real page turners. Yeah, it's funny, Julian um, Flynn,
0: I read this um, interview with her in The Guardian that um, was, it's this format interview they send out to people and people answer and there's standard questions, you know, what was the book that changed your life and one of the questions is what was the book that changed your mind, which is an interesting Guardian-like take on that mm-hmm. and Julian um, and Flynn answered that it was The Executioner's Song, you know, the book by Norman Mailer about Gary Gilmore, oh, the murderer in Utah, shot people in a, um, because of an unhappy, uh, development in his relationship with his girlfriend decided to shoot to gas station attendants uh, in cold blood but Although this book is not in cold blood it 's the executioner 's song. Um, so she so so interestingly she said that she while she was reading the book she was so taken with the character of gary gilmore and she found herself rooting for him to make the right choice and do the right thing and really empathizing with him and she said i didn't believe that i could empathize so much with someone who was so cold-blooded and made such completely wrong decisions (laughs) i was reading this thing i was i've read the executioner song more than once and um i didn't empathize with him at all mm. i thought from page one he was the wrong kind of guy a loser should never have been born so i guess that's the difference between me and a crime novelist i could not see anything to hang my hat on in the character i of would this be criminal. the same
1: as well so that's very unusual isn't it I'm yeah sure. yeah insight into julian mm. flynn mm. Um, Another one, a favourite of mine, a New Zealand author, um, Vanda Simon. Um, Now, she's based in Dunedin.
0: That is probably the most noir locale in New Zealand, wouldn't you say?
1: Perhaps, yes, and perhaps a bit of tartan noir that would come from Dunedin, Ah. I guess, yeah. I love her um, Detective Sam Shepard series. Um, Sam Shepard is a young woman police officer who's based out in rural Otago and um she's quite vulnerable and um has uh wounded i i guess and has a real sense of justice but she's a great character
0: also quite headstrong however isn't it yes yeah
1: so is there a
0: name for new zealand noir do we have like tartan noir for scottish I haven't heard of it's one. It's probably going to be Kiwi Noir, right? I probably. hate to say it. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to think it could be such a facile solution, but I'm guessing. such. You Because know, it all depends. It all goes about um, taking it down to two syllables, but Kiwi is already two syllables. So, yeah, so I like your list here. And what I notice about it is that three of them, Val McDermott, Gillian Flynn, and Vonda Simon, are all women. And, you know, there is this theory that women authors write particularly brutal crime novels i guess following on the trope of that thing that there's always the little old ladies who are looking for the gory crime novel but now it's been put onto authors as well
1: yeah um and i'd always thought that as as well but um i've heard that perhaps then they're just equal um to men and in, in terms the of the amount, content yes the amount, yeah but that um women generalizing tend to write about what a, a scene feels like whereas men um are more likely to write about what a scene looks like right and perhaps that's the difference so when you're made
0: to feel it it actually the the brutality of it comes home to you it hits you kick in the gut as they yeah, say yeah yeah that could be i um the other interesting thing that I had heard was um Terrence Rafferty, the critic, who said that um, I loved this, that women write, he thought women wrote better crime novels because they believe less in heroes, that um, I'm gonna, extemp- extemporizing, extrapolating, moving forward mm-hmm. from that, I'm not sure if Terrence agrees with this, but Karen thinks mm-hmm. that, you know, this is one of the problems that men have in writing the male detective, that even if he's flawed, he is always sort of the hero, he might be the man apart, he might mm-hmm. not fit into society, it goes way back to the time of Raymond Chandler, one of my favorite crime writers um the man alone yeah the yeah savior, yeah perhaps. but but always still there's something heroic there whereas mm. the women will are more topical because actually in our society it is very hard to find heroes well in any yeah. in any actually in any time that you're really living in isn't it it's sort of like if you're writing about a, 200 years ago it's easy to pick out who's a hero but when you're writing at the same time you it's a lot harder because we're seeing the feet of clay yes and the heroes are Among us,
1: it's harder to say them, isn't it? Mm the
0: heroes are among us and somebody's oh. got to have that little extra spark where they
1: pick them out and bring
0: something out of that um, so yeah so anyway but back to brutality <laughs> let's hope that more of that happens but back to brutality actually that's true of all literature um, so um, I think that we when I'm thinking of brutality I'm thinking that's often used as well about speaking of two syllable um,
1: noirs so <laughs> Scandi noir isn't it one of our favorites yes um, and that's a particularly uh, a particular favourite of mine. Um, something about Scandi noir or Nordic noir. Um, tends to be so evocative of the landscape uh that that bitter cold in the winter the the short days the the long summer days the big skies the northern lights the characters are always drinking really strong coffee at night um lots of alcohol real kick-ass heroes and but good character development yeah i i like
0: the way um you Emphasized beyond the brutality, which is actually probably cold reality. That's not a pun on cold <laughs> and scandi. Um, but the character development and the, um, sense of place. So, uh, Stieg Larson to me is, was the first scandi noir that I read, probably for a lot yeah. of people. Um, so this would be girl with the dragon tattoo. And what I want to ask you, Allison, is, is he, is Stieg Larson the person to whom we owe this regrettable fad for using girl in the title of books <laughs> so you know we had gone girl so we had girl with the dragon tattoo then we had gone girl, girl on the train the girls and I um, actually just doing a little librarian research here discovered that there's also a book called final girls which one might hope would be the final entry in this <laughs> in this yes. series um, which is a crime novel written by a man who's pretending to be a woman well not exactly not necessarily so we can't pin him down and say sir you're pretending to be a woman but who's using a very this third name so he wrote a novel under one name wasn't very successful wrote another novel under another name and then moved moved on to this third novel which um, he gave picked the name riley sager which is sort of that gender unclear gender neutral kind of name Similar to using the syllables, the syllables, sorry, the letters, you know, like, um, PD Rob, PJ Rob p p d JJ, R- j d, d. Robertson <laughs> and <laughs> p d james oh, yeah, p d james. <laughs> oh there you go oh thank goodness you're here ellison <laughs> resident expert so um the use of of initials like a.j finn who actually is mm-hmm. you know now turned out to be a fabulous um, in other ways than just yes. trying to make you think that it might be a woman writing the book but um jezebel had a funny thing about this which is the fact that In this attempt to pass themselves off as women, because so many people know that women crime writers are um, considered by many, including many women readers and also many men readers, um, to write superior crime, that um, they were asking, so these, these writers who opt for making you think they might be a female, do they also get the creepy emails and DMs and patronizing advice? (laughs) <laughs> that
1: comes along with being a woman writer it would be very interesting to know, wouldn't it? yeah, so what do you think about this girl fad for girl in the title well i'm I am a fan of it um but i you are a fan yes. of it, ah! Oh. But then, perhaps having spoken to you about it, maybe I'm, I'm developing mixed feelings. You having listened <laughs> to my tirade. <Therese>? Yes. <laughs> but I did notice that um, Karen Fossum, the Norwegian writer, who's known as the Norwegian queen of crime not princess of crime no yes (laughs) queen interesting her book don't look back when it was made into a film it was the name was changed to the girl by the lake yeah so
0: that sounds to me like some producer saying hey girl with the dragon tattoo is the big thing now let's change this and use a girl name so um Emily St. John Mandel, did you notice <coughs> my good Kiwi pronunciation, British pronunciation? What's British Mar? <laughs> <laughs> is it John Bull nice. Um, So she did some research in Time Magazine and she pointed out that um, when women write books with girl in the title, 85% of the time the girl makes it through the novel Alive. But if the book with girl in the title is written by a man, the girl is more likely to end up dead. So what does that say mm. to
1: you? What there's something that here it? about
0: yeah. pushing vulnerability, that extra frisson. That's why I don't like it. I just feel there, there's actually a book that I started to read and then it came to it at the library. I had to take it back called Dead Girls, which goes uh. into this fascination with dead girls. That there's something about the extra frisson that comes with this person being particularly vulnerable. I think it's sort of like a modern version of that thing in medieval times when women were supposed to be so white that then they drank a glass of wine, you could watch the red wine
1: yeah. going down their
0: throat. That's why I reject it.
1: Yeah, it's almost could be the subject for another podcast. couldn't Yeah, we I, could really unpick that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Because you know, just in their defense, I think there are a lot of women who've written with the word "girl" because it comes back from that "girl power." Uh, you, go you go, girl. girl. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, when it starts being used, especially because there is all this research that shows how often um, victims in crime books are women, There's a, are girls, mm, well mm, as they would mm. call them girls. I <laughs> call them women. Did you notice? <laughs> I called them women. Um, you know, it's way more victims. How many crime novels do you read where a man has been killed? And how many do you read where a woman's been killed? Don't have to I answer that. <laughs> yes, it's something to think about. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyway,
1: so who else in Scandi Noir? Uh, yeah. So, um, oh, also, uh, Jo Nesbo. Um, I love the uh, Norwegian writer. Um, his series of about, there's about 12 books in the Harry Hula series. Um, and detec- Detective Harry Hula is some um, brilliant driven, he's unorthodox, he's wounded, he's a loner. What's very interesting about him is that he is um, an indigenous Norwegian. So he's from the Sami people. So I think you really get that sense of place, the sense of land the, and the rituals of the land. And I think that's what makes the Yonisbo book so satisfying. Yeah,
0: that sounds also like the, um, I'm going to see if I can roll this off the tip of my tongue, Arnaldur Indridason. Oh yes, well novels. done. Yeah. The Icelandic <laughs> Yeah. Writer.
1: Yeah. his um, I love his writing, too. Um, perhaps his best-known work is uh, the one called Jar City, and it's set in Reykjavik. It's so gritty, um, but it really reminds me of this, some of the Scottish writing, the Tartan Noir so um it's interesting yeah because when you say you know it brings out the sense of grittiness of
0: Reykjavik to me what was surprising about that was so speaking if someone asked me about a sense of place and talked about Iceland I would be thinking glaciers Mm. um hunting seals you know I'd always think of a rural Iceland and not I didn't actually realize I was um I, I actually flew through... Mm. <laughs> I, I was on a plane that landed at Reykjavik Airport once. We had to refuel across oh, the yes. Atlantic. because it is an alternate. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. An alternate <laughs> landing. But um, So I've seen it from above, haven't actually been to Iceland, but I. what was interesting to me was the fact that it just so brought home to me the fact that Reykjavik is a modern city. It's not um, a rural campground from um, a sort of a idealized... Um,
1: Uh, Almost a a fantasy land. Fantasy land of
0: what, you know, we think of as like with the first explorers, um, spying Iceland from afar. And, you know, another, another novel that did that for me was, um, oh, um, What's it called? The sense of, Miss, uh, Miss Smilla's sense of the snow. Oh, you Have you read yes, that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That was absolutely fantastic in terms of looking into the indigenous people and, and bringing back the, the, bringing home their dilemma and their, um, there's a worse word than dilemma. What am I thinking of? Um, the terrible trap that they're in of the, you know, the, the conflict with the modern times and the Scandinavian countries, which are, they're supposed to be, um, under the protection of, but are actually exploited, like all indigenous peoples, and and not cared for, and not learned about, and not encouraged. Um, in yes, it's a recurring theme, yeah, isn't it, worldwide. Yeah. So, sadly, yeah, the need for you know self determination. So it's really interesting. Crime gets you into all kinds of other topics that is not just the mystery and the who done it, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. Um, so another favorite of mine. Let's try this one out on you. I haven't read as much as you do, but I but I think you are going to agree with me on this one. Henning Mankell
1: was oh yes yeah. yes very very much so. Inspector um, Volander. That's right. Yes. I am not sure if I am pronouncing that one correctly, <laughs> but it was on...
0: Yes, I did see part of the TV series. Um, how did they pronounce it? Can't remember Volander. It must be Volander.
1: But he's also quite a. a a wounded character isn't he yes it's the same sort of uh device that's
0: used yeah 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 he's absolutely one of my favorite wounded Mm. characters absolutely so um not a not wounded character but one of my favorite characters in crime oh did you have any more noir. before i move us to the sunny climes of southern europe (laughs) that's probably i could go on but i'll Leave it there. We'll leave it mm. for people to explore. Mm. So, um, I have one of my favorite series that I really think more people should get to know is um, Italian Crime. Not sure how that's called in for noir. Mm. 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 Would that be... Mm, hmm. mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Pizza Noir, <laughs> but um, in this case it would not be correct because this the series I'm talking about is the Inspector Montalbano series oh. set in Sicily by this wonderful Italian writer. who's 93 and still writing, Andrea Camilleri, and it really evokes if you if you enjoy that sense of place and discovery of a different culture. Um, then, you know, these are the books for you. So, and if you like Italy. So, um, so, Montalbano, for example, speaking of culture, has a signature love, which is food. And he's always eating really delicious food. And in fact, um, in, um, Camilleri describes this as his affirmation of being alive in the face of all this death and degradation mm-hmm. that he sees around him every day. So, he called it the um, revenge of vitality, was uh-huh. sitting down to this good meal. Um, and then the other part about the culture about italian culture uh sicilian but actually all of italy is this thing of corruption so montalbano also in a particularly um more present perhaps in italian crime novels is this fact that he has to resist political pressure on him as he solves the crimes so sometimes he has to battle with the idea is he going to refuse to obey an order well he doesn't really battle with it he just does it Mm. (laughs) i shouldn't say he battles with it so yeah so he'll refuse to obey an order so yeah what do you think are you going to go for one of those after your many years wandering in the in the steps of scandinavia I will. Yeah, (laughs) sounds great. Uh, So is there a new... Anyway, besides um Montalbano that I'm putting out there so Montalbano has been around for many years some like 40 novels apparently he's actually already um, Camilleri has already written the book in which Montalbano will be wiped out and we'll never see him oh. again but he's got it deposited in a bank and it's waiting oh <laughs> goodness isn't that interesting yes. yeah, yeah 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 he doesn't want anybody else writing sequels to it after he dies ah, I think like the Catherine Cookson She's still writing yes. I think isn't she yeah but it's yes. also the girl with the dragon tattoos oh, oh yes Being rewritten yes, now? yes there's
1: more of those um,
0: Yes. So, but anyway, let's move on to what's new in crime fiction.
1: Yeah, well, they are saying... Um, Resident expert. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> move over, Scandinoir. There's a new kid on the block. And um, the there is the rise of Korean-war. So when I heard this, I was really excited to think that there's um, a new place that I can learn about um, and the the writer that there's been a lot of talk about is a man called Unsu Kim and he's regarded by some as the Korean Henning Mankell oh, so when that. I heard that I thought oh I can't wait so I ordered the book The uh, Plotters um, and you yeah, know, just couldn't wait to get started on it. I'm sensing um, this is leading up to yes, it's going <laughs> a to, to surprise. Yes, there, <laughs> the, yes. Um, if I was to sum it up, I I was disappointed, sadly by by the book i know you've been reading it as well well i or just no
0: i just looked at a chapter it. to be able to chat with you today because <laughs> i knew you were reading it so um
1: yeah tell me about it. so yeah. what happened so it's about a um an assassin called re um he he is quite he's a character you can empathize with him he has a a heart and a sense of humor he loves Books and libraries and cats and dogs. So oh, I kinda thought, yeah, um, that's that's good. Um, it certainly starts off very well. It held me for a while, but in the middle of the book I kind of it went flat for me. Um has it kind of picked up at the end, but I don't know, I think maybe I need to try it again in a few months.
0: Yeah, I thought, well, I only got a chapter into it. Um, I, you know, I did only just want to get a taste of the flavor, but, um, but, you know, if it had gripped me, I would have kept reading. Mm. And in fact, I've been known, you know, to stay up all night because some book gripped me, but it didn't grip me. But I thought it might be a translation problem because, um, I just kept coming across. It was a, it was as if the translator couldn't decide whether they wanted the book to read to an American reader as if it was just set in LA or if they wanted to, Retain some of the original Korean culture in it. It was always a, it kept flapping from one side to the other. So, first it would say things like, um, you know, keep your purse strings open and your mouth shut, which sounded like a Korean proverb. And I think, oh, yeah, this is, you know, sort of getting me into it. And um, and then they'd suddenly be saying in the very next line something like, well, I really felt like I was up shit creek. Mm. But I don't feel
1: like that's a Korean expression. <laughs> yes, it was quite, um, there's a bit of conflict yeah. about what it's trying to. Yeah. And there were, there were even
0: some things that just left me puzzled. Like, I don't think that translations should leave you puzzled. So there was the one you might be able to explain mm-hmm. this if you're a resident expert on crime. Maybe it's related to a crime thing. The one where he says, I've been a slug my whole life. And as far as I could tell, it was about walking your own path. But do yeah. slugs walk their own paths? I do not know. Uh, Or slugs like, um, you know, canaries. It's not, you're sure it's not a crime term like
1: he was singing like a canary? Yeah. (laughs) Walking like a slug into the police trap or something? No, Um, some of those left me puzzled as well. And I found myself losing interest. Well, Alison... I have I got something for you. So
0: I went when I saw that that wasn't gonna get me anywhere, I found another Korean crime writer that we had at the library who um is a woman oh. whose name is Yu Jong Jong. And the book is called The Good Son. And I actually really liked this book. I was it sort of um was kind of hit me hard. <laughs> it was it was kind of a dazing experience. I, I felt quite dazed when I was reading it. So um the publisher's blurb really wants to place Yu Zhong Zhong in the um, Western world, in the American world in particular, I'd say, um, st- uh, what do call it? sphere of reference. Mm. So we have on the front cover, we're told it's for fans of Yo Nesbo and Patricia Highsmith. Uh-huh. And actually, that's told by now that I look at it (laughs) and notice this. A.J. Finn, the fabulist (laughs) author of The Woman in the Window, um, says that it's for fans. of. So we we can let that one go. (laughs) But the publisher themselves in the blurb on the back cover flap say that she's compared to Stephen King and Raymond Chandler, which is interesting because I could probably not think of two more different crime writers than Stephen King and Raymond Chandler. But anyway, she's the leading writer of psychological crime in Korea according again not to aj finn the fabulous Mm -hmm. but to the publisher and i thought it was really good it was it started out was quite like actually reminded me of the stranger the camus existentialist novel it was it's really just sort of quite um straightforwardly discussing very dazing there's that sense of like a hot sun beating down and you're kind of dazed um getting into the mind of this uh criminal and it is actually a look inside the mind of a criminal and um yeah, I thought it was really, really good. I I was I didn't get all the way through it so I flipped to the back <laughs> just to have a quick look. And I realized that it's really packed with things that are going to be happening in the book. So maybe you might want to try that one. I I will be. I can't wait to try that. Yeah, much more of a sense. I'm not how sure much more of it. No, it was a good sense of Korea. There were a lot of size, um, scenes of like walking over bridges um, in the fog mm-hmm. and ghosts. And yeah, no, it was really good. But, um, and lastly, um, if you really want, we also have a book called, at the library, called A Girl and Her Greens. Oh. Uh, following the girl, the girl fad. F- <laughs> yeah, but it's actually not a crime book. It's a recipe book. A Korean recipe book. Oh, a Girl and Her Greens. A little light moment <laughs> yes. in the midst of all our talk about crime and light moment. So, um, what else do we know about this new? Well, I mean, like what's new? New. What's new. the next big thing? Yes, the next rather? big thing. So, yes, Korean noir is now, and what's our next
1: big thing? Well, the n- next big thing apparently is the um, professional confessional yeah what you you understand as well well
0: i saw this in a um headline on the bookseller the english trade magazine um publishing trade magazine but i didn't get a chance to read the article so what is professional confessional i was thinking it could either be you're professionally confessing like one after another that's all you do or you could be confessing about being a professional
1: yes that's my understanding of it and um one who i think is part of that genre would be the um writer mark tropper reed the australian um who was a gangster in melbourne but he wrote a series of about 12 confessionals one of them's name was um, how to shoot friends and influence people um <laughs> showing <laughs> a sense of humor yes a slight sense of humor but very very interesting and if you want to learn about the underworld Gee, you will oh, yeah. get a good look so, at it. So I guess my contribution for a book to
0: recommend for that would be um, one of my favorite books of all time, Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential, oh. when you say the underworld. So his is sort of like the underbelly of what's happening in the kitchen, um, in the professional kitchen, uh, where chefs are work- working away with the three-day-old fish. And he tells you, never order fish that's been chopped up and put onto toast. Oh. Because <laughs> that's when, the, when it's got a lot of flavors. That's when it's gone bad on you. <laughs> so those things you don't really want to know. Yeah. <laughs> well i found it really i found it really convenient i often find myself scanning the menu going hmm is there any chopped fish on (laughs) toast here i'll avoid that (laughs) in future oh well good to know because that's the last thing that i've time to tell you that's the last advice i can give you but thanks for all the advice you've given me and our listeners for some good crime to read and unfortunately that's all we have time for so we'll see you in a little bit this has been really fun. Yeah, you? you'll be back. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah, so let's think of our Can't next wait. genre. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> ka okay, listeners. ha rā. rā. This program was brought to you by Auckland Libraries. Us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9:35 p.m. on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz/slash-books-and-beyond. Every day, every day, every day, every day.